What's your favorite scary movie? Time the podcast where two twenty-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. Plus, and yes, the titles are puns. I'm L. I'm Kate. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. So, this one's kind of a big one just for me for personal <laughs> things because it's one of my all-time faves, but it had to be done. Uh, we're doing Evil Dead Two from nineteen eighty-seven. There's this age-old debate, first of all, about, oh, well, is it technically a sequel or a remake? And I I want to give my personal opinion that anyone that says that can fuck off because it's very clearly a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> two, first of all, two is in the title. Second of all, yeah. so just, to, just for reference, the, the reason people claim that argument is because if, I mean... If you haven't seen the first Evil Dead, it's about these five friends that go up to a cabin in the woods, etc., start getting possessed by demons, and then there's one survivor, Ash, and the film ends with like the spirits, like the it portrays the camera, the camera work kind of portrays the POV of the spirits, like you never or like whatever's possessing them. It's this really cool like POV shot of, you know, of it, <laughs> um, yeah. and it ends with it like zooming in on Ash. Um, and so th- what what this does is kind of like recaps that because what they couldn't get the rights to the first one basically <laughs> they could to like show <laughs> clips or recaps and so there's just kind of like well instead it's just going to be Ash going up there with his girlfriend Linda and she gets killed and etc cetera, etc cetera, and then go back because <laughs> it, it just dives right in you know um, yeah so th- that's why, and that's that's my take on it all. Like, I don't understand how you can argue that something with two in the title is a remake, just regardless of any other facts about it. But <laughs> anyways, yeah. So that's I had to get I had to clear the air with that because I was just like I can't believe how stupid people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so El, I I'm not really familiar with your relationship to the Evil Dead franchise. Like, have you seen these before? I've seen, um, I saw the Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, ages ago. Um, I do own Evil Dead 2, because I remember watching it and just having so much fun watching it. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's when I was properly, like, into horror movies, so, and I, the first time I watched, uh, the first Evil Dead, um, I was probably way too young and not really into horror movies at that time, Mm. so thanks to my neighbor for... Uh, being like, yeah, let's watch this. <laughs> yeah, so. I li- Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you? Do you, do you know? Oh, uh, definitely a preteen. Okay, um, yeah, I was 10 when I watched these. I This was literally, like, <laughs> the first thing that my brother and I watched that, like, wasn't something our dad showed us, because he mainly showed us, like, Halloween or, like, older stuff, like Vincent Price and stuff, like House of Wax. But we... Yeah. What happened What very it's weird how like i have my head's empty for most of my childhood but i remember the way we got into evil dead was there was an army of darkness trailer on our mystery men vhs and we're like that looks dope and so we went to the we were like regulars in hollywood video video already and the dude was like 
Um, you guys are children. Uh, you might not want to watch Evil Dead yet, but watch Army of Darkness. So I basically watched all of these in reverse order. I watched <laughs> Army of Darkness, and then Evil Dead 2, and then Evil Dead 1. Like, I finally mustered up the courage. Of course, my brother saw them first and was like, mm, you think you can handle this? And I went from <laughs> being, like, scared of Home Alone 2 to suddenly watching fucking Evil Dead at age 10. Like, I don't know. It just clicked. <laughs> And I picked the second one for this because it's always been my favorite. It's this, like, perfect, perfect blend of (laughs) of horror and comedy, in my humble, humble opinion. And, like, there's still just this specific tone in horror that Sam Raimi has that you see evident even in in Drag Me to Hell, which I feel like a lot of people didn't get if you're just going in blind and don't really know Sam Raimi's previous horror work because he's now mainly known for the spider-man movies that he made right um yeah and this i think spider-man 2 has this really cool scene that's like pure horror of doc ock like attacking uh his surgeons that like... yeah but anyway so this is a sequel <laughs> it's <laughs> the aftermath of the first one and uh, ash is still stuck there he basically gets knocked out for another day and can't escape because he's lost another a day and the bridge is still like in the shape of a claw. And meanwhile, in this one, it turns out instead of just like renting a cabin, they are literally just, I guess, trespassing in a cabin. They're like, it's fine. And the cabin actually, <laughs> like, what the fuck? White people. Okay. <laughs> guess we'll do and that. The, so, and the cabin belongs to these, um, what would you call them? Like archaeologists or like, scientists that are studying the Necronomicon. Historians, yeah. Yeah. And they're studying the Necronomicon. Their daughter is supposed to meet them there, but they are already dead because they (laughs) were the ones that originally summoned these demons. Thanks. Just, just (laughs) kids, never play a tape recorder that you see, like, with the next to, like, an evil-looking book made out of human flesh. Like, just don't do it. Just, (laughs) Just say no. God. Yeah, and then there's just a, a bit more cast of characters keep piling in because, you know, Annie, the, the daughter, needs to find a way in since the bridge is gone. And these two, like, n- locals are like, we, we got you. <laughs> I think the guy who played Jake recently died, the actor. Let me look oh, that yeah. Actually. Well, give me some of your thoughts while I look that up. So. Yeah. I, it's so fun. Um, and when I first saw this, I think it was right before I saw the Evil Dead musical uh, for the, like, second time, I think. Um, (laughs) So it was even more fun going in. Because, like, the first time I saw the musical, my friend suggested going to it. And I said, sure, you know, why not? I love musicals. I think I was starting (laughs) to, like, slightly get into horror at that time. And so, like, pretty pretty much I was watching this movie, and I just kind of kept flashing back to the musical, like, oh, yeah, this is that scene, this is that scene. Um, And it blends in other aspects of, like, the first and the third film as well, so it's, like, an encompassing musical for, like, all three. And it's so fun. If anyone hasn't seen it, like, whenever we get musicals back uh, and we can go to theaters again... (laughs) Um, I highly recommend seeing it, especially sitting in the splatter zone, because you can get, like, ponchos if you mm-hmm. want, or just, like, their t-shirts. You can get them all, like, they have so much fake blood. It's, it's so fun, and it's so funny. So, um, and they, the funniness is, even in Evil Dead 2, it's still great. I love it, and I think Bruce Campbell's 
awesome as hell. Oh my god. Um, he's so great. I, I just love his facial expressions and just like how all out he goes in this. It's like, I don't, it doesn't, I, I just kept feeling like some kind of camp element, I guess, to it. I didn't know if that was hmm. something you felt like, not like completely camp, but just like some part. To his like, performance or to the yeah, movie? To the, his performance. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, because basically, the, like, the first, like, half or so of this is almost a one-man show of Bruce Campbell, and especially when it gets into the physical elements, the physical comedy and destruction that Ash goes through, because there's a part where his where his hand is possessed, and it starts beating him up, basically. And literally, like, and this was all Bruce Campbell. This was, like, they were, they weren't, they didn't have any money for stunts or anything. And literally, like, uh, and so that's Bruce Campbell, like, literally, I don't know how to describe it, like, pulling himself over himself. Like, how would you describe that motion? Do you know what I'm talking he, about? He forced like, himself into a somersault, pretty much. Yeah, he, like, yeah, he, like, flips himself over, yeah. <laughs> Just throws um, himself into walls and shit. And I was like, I love it. I still want to know. Like, I asked Lee Wanell during one of his, like, Twitter AMAs about the Invisible Man. I'm like, was that scene in the kitchen? Was that a reference to Evil Dead 2? <laughs> Never got an answer. Because part of it, Answers. she's, like, throwing, pl- she's throwing plates on him and stuff. And that's what Ash does. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Hold on here. Hang on a second. <laughs> but, yeah, that... I mean, obviously, this this movie specifically to the franchise beca- has become iconic for a reason. This is w- with the possessed hand. This is when he has to chop off his own hand and eventually replaces it with a chainsaw. And I feel like that's kind of the first iconography everyone associates with Ash and with this franchise. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of reviews of the first one being, being, being like, I didn't know he still has his hand in this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I even, I rewatched the first one to prepare for this just because it had been a while. I usually end up skipping to two just because it's my fave. But there's st- obviously there could be a whole other episode about the first Evil Dead and its impact. I mean, that, that <laughs> that's how I won the poster. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've bragged about it on here before, but I literally went to this like horror trivia night and beat out an entire room full of geeks winning a uh, Evil Dead poster signed by Sam Raimi just from my knowledge of the first one. <laughs> and like my friends that I was with are like, how the fuck do you know this stuff? And, like, just, I'm like, this is why I can't remember any useful information is because my head is full of Evil Dead knowledge. And so. Same, I feel it. <laughs> you know, I don't even know. Oh, we were talking about camp kind of. Um, if you wanted to elaborate on that, I kind of interrupted you. No, I, no, that would, I would, that was my complete question. Like, just like, I guess just maybe his <laughs> expressions and just how all wild he goes. I don't know. I, yeah, it, was, it was fun as it's hell. It's heightened. So. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely heightened. And I know like that and a lot of the, the sight gags in this were influenced by the Three Stooges. Cause that's something that like Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and all their friends kind of bonded over when they first met in school was that they all mm-hmm. love like the Three Stooges and the physical humor of all that. That, um, that like that, I think the eyeball falling into the girl's mouth and the Bobby Joe's mouth is a reference to the Three Stooges at one point. I know that. <laughs> and then in, in Army of Darkness even, sorry to talk about the other two films. It's just hard to talk about one without talking about all oh, three. Oh, no, please. But, like, in Army of Darkness, they literally do, like, the... This is a podcast, so you're not, you guys are not going to see what I'm doing. But, like, like the <laughs> Ash tries to block uh, being poked in the eyes with his hands, and then the skeletons just come in on the other side and do the, do the boinks. Like, that's full th- Three Stooges. Like, that's where Sam yeah. Raimi's humor came from was a lot of that. And you... 
uh, you see them. There's, I guess that's where the the camp would come from, just the heightened. And just, just like adding, because like there's such horror and comedy, both are, the reason it's like so hard to do, but when it, it works well, it's perfect, is just because like a lot of them come from heightened situations, you know, like you can obviously mm-hmm. have realism in both, but sometimes... I just no, took a bunch of Dayquil, so that's why my thoughts are running away. <laughs> I'm like, woo! <laughs> um, there's also, yeah, like, like this is not realism, is what I'm trying to say. I guess. Oh no! Like even like the different colored blood too. Like there's green blood, there's black blood, and that that was to get past the censors because like they wanted mm-hmm. to rate this X, and they're like, oh fuck, and so like there's a lot of different colored blood going on. Like, when Egg gets killed, it's this, like, cool green goo. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else? There's there's stuff in this that, like, it's interesting to me. It doesn't become lore and, like, other facets of horror. Like, this is, to my knowledge, this is the only, t- like, are there other, I guess this is usually, like, a zombie problem if someone gets bit. Like, they never think mm-hmm. to just cut that off. Like, that, Ash is the only one that's like, well, maybe if I cut this off, it'll <laughs> stop the possession <laughs> before it spreads. <laughs> or the, this, uh, like, true love conquering demonic possession in this because, you know, Ash does get possessed in this. And what mm-hmm. what cures him of it or get, snaps him out of it is seeing Linda's necklace and hearing the song and everything. And it literally, like... <laughs> No exorcism needed. Just just the necklace. <laughs> like, that's interesting. I don't know. You don't see that shit in other things. But- oh, I noticed when I was watching that, when he before he picks up the necklace, like, have you seen, like, the shape it, it the, the chain is in? It's, like, almost like a skull shape. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even notice that the first time. I was like, oh, look at that. So I was yeah. just like, it's oh, that's like cool. that, I think that was one of the trivia questions that I had to answer. It's shaped like a skull in the first one, too, before he destroys the book with it. I have a necklace nice. that looks like that, kind of. Like, It's like, it's a necklace that's, like, that actually opens up and you're supposed to, like, put shit in it. Like, little, like... Oh, uh, yeah. G- gems or... Ju- and I'm just like, no, this is my evil dead necklace. <laughs> Take this shit out. But yeah, it's in the form of a skull. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Um... What else? So cool. Oh, I, I was looking up. I got it here. So, yeah, Dan Hicks, who played um, Jake in this, you know, dude, dude with the overalls, uh, he passed yeah. away June 30th of this year. So, pour one out for him. Um. Uh, oh, he was also in Dark Man. Okay. Another Sam Raimi joint. I just thought I should mention that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. Now, you mentioned um, the musical... Isn't yes. that, that's something that you wanted to delve into a bit more, right, for the second portion? Or? Yeah, just, like, about the musical and, like, just more behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Because, like, the, the reason why we got Evil Dead 2 is because Stephen King was such a big fan of the first one that he convinced <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis over dinner, who was producing his uh, King's film Maximum Overdrive at that time, to have uh, DEG productions uh finance evil dead 2 and they actually had to put it out underneath a uh film production company called rosebud because 
uh, Dino De Laurentiis was forbidden to release an unrated movie through his own company, so they specifically created that for Evil Dead to get released underneath. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have to, unfortunately, thank Stephen King for getting Evil Dead 2 to us. Yeah, they really, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the, um, the first one, but there's a, there's a spot that's literally like, Stephen King, author of Carrie, says that Evil Dead is the most ferociously original horror movie of the year. Like, they were really uh. banking on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think that even with the like success of the first one, that at this point this was still mega low budget. This was still really hard to get made, like you were saying. Like, mm-hmm. Army of Darkness was the only one made from like a real studio. But sorry, yeah. continue. <laughs> oh no, yeah, and um, there was also like near the climax of the film, there was a large uh, demonic head that Ash <laughs> yeah. battles. And it was, they called it the Rotten Apple Head. And it was just too large and, like, too much trouble for the crew to carry back to California. So they just left it in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, and it disappeared. And its whereabouts were unknown for many years until it was found in a Halloween haunted house attraction just outside the original shooting location of Wadesboro, North Carolina. Oh, yeah, some kids uh, probably stole also, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? Uh, this is uh, Evil Dead 2. It's also uh, Bruce Campbell's favorite film of the trilogy. Um, and during taste. one of the final fights uh, against the zombified Henrietta, who's Annie's mom, uh, it's mm. played by Sam Rami's little brother, Ted Rami. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was forced to wear an extremely heavy full body latex suit. Uh, plus the addition of eye lenses and fake teeth. And like every time they had to wear those like big white contacts to look like they were possessed they were like oh we can't see anything out of it so it was only through like a lot of rehearsals that they knew which way to like face and where to walk and stuff um so at that time there was a huge heat wave going through north carolina uh and so he was sweating in the suit just like all the time they had to pour liters of the sweat into styrofoam cups at the end of the shoot every day um you can see it in the film when, like, you know, there's, like, a kind of a yep. close-up of her head. If you look at her ears, there's sweat pouring down of it. Uh, and there's a rumor that the effects team somehow used the collected sweat in a horrendous prank on Ted on his last day in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, it's literally, I, I know the exact part where you can see the sweat coming out of the ears when he, like, turns <laughs> around and goes, like, like, when they come out of the basement. <laughs> oh, poor yeah. Ted. Uh, he was I mean, going through it. Henrietta's iconic, though. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The, <laughs> um, Ted, my nerves coming out again. Ted appeared as what they called a fake shimp in the first one when they needed to do, like, reshoots and then he, like, close-ups of things that they needed. Like, he plays, like, Scott's legs in a scene because they wanted a shot of his shoes and shit. Fake, oh yeah, yeah. fake shamps. Fake shamps also comes from their love of Three Stooges because they could like tell. <laughs> yes. When yes. Um, they could. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm stealing part of your bit. Do you want? No, please. No, keep the, going. You're fine. 
Because, like, when they were watching Three Stooges, they could tell when it wasn't, like, actually the actor playing Shemp for whatever reason. I forgot why. But so that's why whenever they needed to use a double in this, which was a lot, because this was low budget, and they, especially the first one, they shot it over the course of, like, four years. So they couldn't always get the actors there. They sometimes got, like, locals from the town, or they got Ted Raimi, they get the, whoever they could get for these shots, and called them the fake Shemps. And so that's why they're credited as that. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh gosh, the and the branches that were supposed to hit Bruce Campbell when he's driving away from the forest after driving to the bridge and seeing that it had been destroyed, they were controlled by Sam Raimi. So mm. God, he had the director hit him in the face. Yeah, I buy that. He's it's so I, good. He's not very nice to his actors. I <laughs> God. Uh, there's also the there's a glove that belongs to Freddy Krueger. It can be seen hanging above the door of the tool shed when mm -hmm. uh, Ash carves his girlfriend's head with a chainsaw and when he's like looking for the pages in the cellar scenes. Uh, this was in response to the use of the Evil Dead on a television screen in A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. Uh, there is uh, further evidence to back up Kate's uh, opinion, actually pretty much fact, that this is a sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With the, it does mention that the rights of the footage could not be maintained, so uh, officially starting from where the evil force possesses us for the first time, uh, at which the original movie had ended on a cliffhanger. Um, I always thought it was so weird that the poster and like the DVD had the skeleton with the eyes, and it's like that's not any anywhere <laughs> in the for, in the second film, but it does show up in an army of darkness, so it's just like preparing you for There's that. I guess. Lots of skeletons in that. <laughs> oh yes, um, in the film where the ash is doused in the blood coming from the wall, uh, he was horizontal on the floor, and then it poured gallons of fake blood on him from above. Um, so so much blood was poured on him that he said that he felt like he was drowning, uh, and he also like every time he sneezed for like two weeks, like it was red. Um, <laughs> To make it worse, uh, the authentic Caro syrup formula was used uh, to for the blood, so like every fly in the room <laughs> went right for him. <laughs> the poor man. Um, so that that's some of the behind the stuff. Um, and for the musical, it's so great because it's never on a big stage it's always on a small stage um the first time i saw it it was in a theater where like it's that like you can sit on like two sides and then one side and like the back half is cut off uh, thrust uh, stage like, yeah yeah that's my yeah, favorite one kind of stage <laughs> like when we went and saw hamlet that like that kind of yeah stage. that's it yeah, yeah um and uh uh the first one they had an actual like trap door in the floor for her to use um and it keeps, like, the same group of friends from the first film uh, in the... And then they kind of combine, like, Linda as the girlfriend is there with them. And then Annie and uh, all of her... All of those uh, characters show up later on in the, uh, in the play. And um, it's so funny because they have a... Like, whenever it's supposed to show, like, an airplane flying, they have a guy who has literally, like, an airplane model on a stick just walk in front of the front oh, row while they make an airplane sound over the speakers. Um, 
there's clips of the shows from different productions that you can find on YouTube, so, um, I just love it so much because it's just so, it's so campy and just so fun and completely wild, and they, they shoot the fake blood at you every chance they get. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point where, like, one of, like, the demonic, um, Ash, I can't remember her name, uh, Ash's sister, like, she's already possessed, oh, and she, like, Cheryl. sticks a pencil. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl, she sticks a pencil in Linda's ankle and it, like, shoots this mm. giant thing of blood at the audience. And it's just a lot of fun, and the songs are catchy as hell, too. Um, so I just, I just highly recommend it. It's, it's like, as, it almost seems, like, extremely low budget, like, they just did it on, uh, like, a whim, like, almost like a high school production, but it's Well, I'm pretty sure the first so production good. was in, like, a bar in Canada, like, it's Hell meant to, yeah. and like I wouldn't have it any other way. Like you mean, like oh, absolutely. It, it it only can work on a stage like that because it is because it's so small and like it, it that it makes it so. But also, just taking its source material into account, like I don't know why you'd want a big budget musical mm-hmm. of like a famously low budget but creatively done movie. <laughs> like that. Plus, Broadway exactly. would never let you have a splash zone. <laughs> you gotta no. you gotta do it in a tiny ass theater. <laughs> That's the best kind. I don't know. Like, my best experiences in theaters have always been in small-ass theaters, and especially, like, reanimated the musical, there was also a splash show. Hell yes. And if you wear a poncho, you're a coward. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I unfortunately haven't gotten to see Evil Dead, the musical, live, but I've listened to it countless times. Ugh. I hope, I hope the first time you see it, we could see it together because I just, I need to be there with you when you see it. Aww. I hope what it comes back soon. soon well, well, about that. Uh, <laughs> okay, don't look at the news. <laughs> don't, no, don't look at the news anymore. I'm just like, nah, man. Can't do it. Um, but yeah, but in the, in the future, I highly recommend it. Always. So is this a gay film? <laughs> There's okay. no segue this, into this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just gotta go into it. This is gonna be one of those things, one of those, like, takes of mine that don't make any sense except to me. <laughs> because, like, on the surface level, obviously not. Although I did, I if anyone follows my Twitter, I took a screen cap while I was watching it of, like, uh, it was a POV for, like, when this uh, Ash is knocking on the cellar and it's, like, Jake in his overalls, Bobby Joe in her, like, jeans and blouse, Annie in her iconic outfit, you know, like, yes. the, the blouse and the, the knee highs, and then whatever the fuck uh, Ed is wearing. And I'm just like, this is gays at brunch. <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing, so I don't know if this is just because Evil Dead was such a formative, like, introduction to horror for me and always will be, or... Like, it could be a number of things, but, like, uh, like, as I've grown it more into, like, my butch identity and et cetera, and, like, I think I talked about this, like, with the guests, too, of, like, where if you, when you don't see yourself represented in something, you just kind of find yourself in other places. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I, I've heard a lot of, like, like, gay men in the horror scene talk about how they identified with like the final girls in horror movies and it was weird as ash is like one of the only final guys in something and that's who i'm like drawn to say it's ashes with for some (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) i don't know man i can see it i'm just like yeah okay yes it's the fit i don't 
Like he dresses like a lesbian. First of all, look at the the brown corduroys and the the blue button down <laughs> and the the moccasins. Don't get me started. But <laughs> I don't know. It's what that. That's, it's just one of the things. I'm like, there's no evident proof, but I I'm claiming him, and I'm sure I I can't be the only one. <laughs> Even looking at the journey from the journey that Ash goes through in all three, because in the first one, he's kind of, like, meek and kind of has to own up and become the hero. And in this, he starts off definitely more more macho, more much already. And he, he's he's confident with his girlfriend and stuff. And it's like, ooh, <laughs> that's different already. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's that's all I got. And Do you have any um, takes on this being a gay film? Uh, not... I don't really, but, like, with yours, I can, like, definitely, I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, vibes, for some reason, off, off of uh, Ash. I was like, Ash Williams, yeah. gender envy. <laughs> like, literally, exactly. See, you get it. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, gender envy. And, like, we are reclaiming him from weird horror straight bros. They're like, yeah, man, Ash is so yes. cool. And I'm like, I, I mean, yes, but is he... <laughs> Because <laughs> in this, he's, like, straight up just cool. But by Army of Darkness, he becomes an asshole, which is funny, too. But I feel like that's that becomes who Ash is for the rest of it, and especially in the series that follows. He's just, like, this dumbass... Dumbass? Just, <laughs> 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 like, wisecracking, you know, which is fine. But uh, that's not the butch I'm going for. I'm going for Evil Dead 2 specifically, <laughs> butch queen Ash. That is what the the yes. gender envy of that is what I'm going for. <laughs> I love when he gets the chainsaw on his hand and then he gets the shotgun and then it just zooms up to his face and he's like groovy. Groovy. <laughs> just, yes. Uh, yeah. That was a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Evil Dead Two, a classic. That's, I that's mean, all literally, I gotta say. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all we got for you. Shall shall we wind down then? Sure. Would you like to go first? Ah, sure. Oh my god. Yeah, sure. So, I watched all of the What We Do in the Shadows show in like two days. Yes! And I'm I'm ready to talk. I'm, yes! I'm, like, I don't know why it took me so long. It's one of those things I'm like, everyone says it's good, so it can't be. And I'm just like, that was... <laughs> I just needed something to watch, and I'd burn through all my Food Network shows, and I'm like, oh, the episodes are only 20 minutes? Dope. And I'm... Oh my god. Like, Gamble's my son. He's I love a badass him. boy. I, I constantly just watch that scene in the theater over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I think he and Nandar are in love and should be married forever. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it is, it's... Like, I had a, the The movie's fine, too, but I never find myself, like, revisiting it. This, for some reason, just, like, clicked with me, and I... Especially, like, the new elements it brings to vampires. Like, the the idea of a, um, like, an emotional vampire or whatever. You, oh, yeah, the energy vampire. The energy yeah. vampire, yes. I'm like, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and really just, like, yeah. focusing on the point of view of, like, the Renfield character of the familiar that, like, never, you know, has been loyal but never gets what he's due. Like, that's fascinating. Like, it's yeah. worth it, at least to me, in a vampire show, the human's the most interesting character. Maybe that just says something about me. But, um... Oh, he's just so yeah. good. I love him so much. 
Yeah, I'm obsessed. Uh, I've also been watching a lot of period pieces because I've been sick, and that's what I do when I'm sick. I watch, so I rewatch North and South and suffered <laughs> through that. Um, I watched Sense and Sensibility, the the film, uh, mm. which is dope, and I watched Persuasion yesterday. The because uh, I I had seen the most recent one that BBC done, and I was like, that was fine. And it, it, I didn't even know at the time Sally Hawkins was fucking in it, and I was like, oh shit, but. My friend was like, but have you seen the 1995 one with Sierra and Sierra and Hines? And I'm like, no, and you should. <laughs> it's, it's fucking Jane Austen knows how to make me care about straight people like no other. Not that she didn't write North and South, but it's the same like idea. North and South is just Pride and Prejudice, but with like way more death and four hours of uh. Richard Armitage brooding and yearning. So if that's your kind of your bag. Uh, I, I got a show for you. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. <laughs> I'm down. What have you been watching? Um, I haven't been watching a s- super ton, um, but I did watch The Omen, the original oh. Omen, for the first time uh, with Gregory Peck. And... Um, <laughs> Fuck them kids. God, now there's an episode because a lot of <laughs> shit. I mean, you know, probably know that some people claim that movie to be cursed. Like, yeah, like The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. But that's for another day. Curse. Yeah, it was real. I was good. <laughs> I had a good time. I liked it. Wow, what did you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, um, all the elements that happened with the deaths and, like, it was never, like, any, like, explicit supernatural force. It was supposed to be kind of, you know, the audience could decide, Mm. was this actually, like, just coincidence that this is happening? Or, like, is this child, like, really son of Satan? Um, And I, I kind of enjoyed that. And also just, like, you know, the idea of, like, the uh, demon hound that's supposed to follow the mm. Antichrist around and just <laughs> like good omens <laughs> good omens <laughs> good omens not so good omens in a year and just like how everyone is affected um, when they come into this family's life and just like and all, just the, the bizarre deaths that happen in here and especially with like the nanny in the, for you. the first one it's all for you. Like, just fucking, <laughs> just, like, long drop, short stop. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't think they'd actually, like, show the whole thing. I thought they would cut away. Nope, just, and then just goes through the window. Um, and just, like, the kid was so creepy. Why is it that you can get kids to do creepy so well? Like, especially if it, like, the younger, the worse it is. Um, <laughs> Fuck them kids. And then, uh. <laughs> just no thank you um and the you know you also have to go in the the idea alongside with like you know is this are the deaths just coincidental or like you know are they being caused by the kid like are these people like truly believing that this kid is the son of satan um or, like, are they just insane? Because, like, from anybody else's, you know, outside point of view, they'd be like, y'all crazy, yeah. it's a kid. 
Um, like, which was uh, Gregory Peck's character's, like, point of view at first, when the priest came in and was like, your kid's the son of Satan. <laughs> it's like, G- get the fuck out of here. Um, but then all, all this shit starts happening, and it's... I, I haven't seen any of the sequels or anything, or know what they're about, but just, like, I hope shit's just as wild, because <laughs> I know I'm probably going to end up seeing them one day. Um, I've just been recently, I've at work, I've started to do, like, packaging and stuff, and when I'm in my, that studio, I can listen to, like, my fo- my uh, podcasts and stuff, so I just listen to, like, the No Sleep podcast and stuff, so I've just been episodes binging through that, um since i don't know why it's just it's nice to like listen to stories uh while i'm just putting labels on boxes and stuff um and some of the stories that i i guess i listened to too much of it because i had a nightmare the other night (laughs) too many episodes watch some period Uh, pieces but watch gotta watch some uh period piece gotta watch some more what we do in the shadows again yes um God, the fu- the fucking video that you were vlogged from me the other day with <laughs> the guy. Guillermo, if you saw a man wearing this, would it kill the mood or would you come? The fucking face he makes. He thinks about it. And, and God, he thinks about it. I'm not sure. And Guillermo, the, the, the look that Guillermo gives to the camera, like the office wishes it had the left. The office wishes they thought to have vampires. And they wish they were just at this level. Like, I I know that it can't be shooting season three at the moment, but mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for whenever it comes out. I'm, I'm just... I love this yeah. show so much. I love the vampires and just <laughs> creepy paper. It's cre- creepy paper. paper. Creepy paper. Yeah, I'm glad I finally joined <laughs> the party on that. I'm so glad. Welcome. It's It's just so good. Well, I should say, so another thing I watched, and it was for a podcast you guys should listen to, but I watched a couple episodes of the the Nightmare on Elm Street show that I didn't know existed until this project happened, but uh, my buddy Brennan from Attack the Queer Wolf, he's been doing this, this charity thing called Welcome to Prime Time, where every time someone donates to the Okra Project uh, in honor of that, he'll do an episode uh, covering one of the Nightmare on Elm Street show episodes. And so I did two. One just got released. By the time this is released, they'll both be out there in the world. And one of them had Jeffrey Combs in it. Uh, I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, the show's not great, but it was it was a good time. Uh, but, yeah, it's called Welcome to Prime Time. You should be able to find it. Nice. And, yeah, if you want to, if you, you, you just need more of me than there already is out there. <laughs> uh, Oh, um, speaking of Attack of the Queer Wolf, didn't Michael's, uh, film trailer <gasps> drop? Yes! Yes, Freaky! It's called Freaky! <laughs> yes! So Michael Kennedy, also, uh, also of Attack of the Queer Wolf, he, um, co-wrote this new movie called Freaky with Christopher Landon, who directed it. He made the Happy Death Day movies, and it's basically, I'm, I'm calling it the hot chick, but a slasher. <laughs> <laughs> check out the trailer for it. It looks, it looks fucking hilarious and great and fun, and Vince Vaughn playing a a teenage girl trapped in Vince Vaughn's body. I mean, that's gold already. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, shout out to that. Um, shout out to that. So, when, uh, where can we find you on social media? You can find me, you can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. 
And you can find me at LM Designs on Twitter as well. And for the podcast, we have Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Facebook is Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, if you like what you do, like what we do, like what you do, but <laughs> I like what you do. If you like what we do and would like to support us going forward, you can always give us a, a review on iTunes or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's just for like the algorithm helps us get spread <laughs> around. Um, and if you have any friends that would love to know more about horror movies but just can't watch them, that's what we're also pretty great for too. Um, we're very grateful for you guys. Keep staying safe out there. Uh, and can't wait yep. to talk about another horror movie in a couple of weeks with you. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.